0: Oh, hallelujah. Can somebody lift your hands to the Lord? Just let him know how great he is. You are greatly to be praised. You are worthy of every hallelujah. You're worthy of every hand clap. You are worthy of all of our worship, adoration, and praise. 34 psalms said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad David said oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together could you just give the Lord another hand clap of praise today What a privilege it is to be at RAC this afternoon. And I just compliment what your pastor's already said. There is just no substitute for the sanctuary of the Lord. Psalm 16 and 11 said, In His presence there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. David said in Psalm 27, He said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Yes, amen. It's still my desire. It's still my mission. It's still where I want to be. I want to be where Jesus is. Okay, oh, somebody say amen? amen. And it is a blessing to be here. We give honor to your pastor and his family. Don't you just love the pastor of this great church, Brother Sister Walden. And- Truly we are grateful for their dedication to the kingdom of God and for the mandate to reach souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm happy that my wife and son are with me today and just so thankful for each and every one of you. Y'all just look so beautiful in the sanctuary. All the ugly people stayed home today because the beautiful people are here. But uh, if you have your Bibles, let's open and let's read from the book of Psalms. Psalm 85, and we're going to begin at verse number 7, and we're going to read down to verse number 10, Psalm 85, verse number 7, and Brother Shannon did an incredible job in the kids service this morning, touched so many hearts, Psalm 85, verse number 7, and the scripture tells us this, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace unto His people and to His saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely His salvation is nigh them that fear Him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. That last verse, verse number 10, says mercy and truth are met together. I want to preach to us today on this subject, the moment mercy met truth. The moment mercy met truth. Could you lift your hands to the Lord? Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, your presence is here. Without any doubt or question or reservation. God, now we are asking that you would speak to each and to every heart. Let your anointing be on this word. You've already anointed the singers and the musicians. And now we are asking for you to speak to us with certainty and clarity and conviction. And we pray in the name that's above every other name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing with me. Well, there are some things in life that are not defined by dollars and cents. Uh, quite simply put, there are some things that cannot be purchased regardless of the amount of money. Despite how big the check mo- checkbook might be. Or if you have the Visa credit card or the Apple Pay or uh, Bitcoin on your Robin Hood account. Some things cannot be bought with money. See, you can buy a clock, but you can't buy time. You can buy a bed, but you can't buy sleep. You can buy medicine, but you can't buy healing. You can buy books, but you can't buy wisdom. But Solomon wrote in Proverbs twenty-three twenty-three. he said, You can buy the truth and sell it not. Once you buy the truth, you've got to hold on to it, protect it, guard it. Don't let it be taken. Don't let it be stripped away. Don't let it be slipping through your fingers because there is a value on truth. It is irreplaceable. It is incomparable and it is invaluable. One man said it like this, I would rather have the truth that hurts and then heals. Than a lie that comforts and then kills. I would rather have the truth that hurts now but heals later. Than to have a lie that comforts now but kills me in the end. That is the value of truth. And make no mistake about it. The opposite of truth are lies. And lies can ruin relationships. Lies can destroy families. Lies can separate the closest of friends. But yet, when we look into the Scripture in Titus 1 and 2, it says that God cannot lie. And not only can He not lie, Malachi 3, 6 says that God cannot change. And 1 Kings eight fifty six 56 it says that God cannot fail. Isaiah 46 and 10 says He knows the end from the beginning. Zechariah 12 and 1 says... He laid the foundation of the earth. Isaiah 40, 22 says He sits on the circle of the earth. Psalm 104 and 3 says He walks on the wings of the wind. John 20, 19 says He walks through shut doors. Daniel 3, 25 says He walks in the fire. Matthew 14, 26 says He walks on the water. Colossians 1, 16 says He created all things. First John 3.20 says He knows all things. Proverbs 15 and 3 says He sees all things. And Mark 10.27 says He can do all things. That is the God that we serve. He even summarized who He was in John 14 and 6. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Others that came before said they could point you to truth. If you followed them, they could lead you to truth. But Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. And so we see the power of Christ on display over and over again. We see it time and time of these moments where His glory and power was on full display. In the book of John, the 8th chapter, we find that Jesus is in the synagogue in a service much like today. Uh, All the preliminaries were completed, and now it was time for the Word of God to be spoken. And so Jesus is there in the sanctuary, and the Bible says it was very early in the morning. I have a hard time with early morning services. I don't know about you. That's why I love Restoration 11 and 12. That's my kind of church. We preach somewhere and they say first service is at 6.30. I said 6.30 at night. I hope you're talking about 6.30 at night. But others have their forte in the morning. Others specialize in the morning. And, And on this particular day, Jesus was addressing those that had come not just early, but the Bible says very early in the morning. And so if I could just imagine, if I could try to envision what the service was like, it was probably a little slower paced. It wasn't a lot of jumping and dancing or running. And Jesus now had come time for the preaching. and He had got up and He was teaching the people. And as He was teaching in the middle of His sermon we find that the back door of the church were slung open. And here come these individuals that were walking in, these men who were Pharisees, who tried to follow all the letter of the law. And when they came in, they had this woman with her. And they were dragging this woman to the front. And she was not dressed appropriately. And it did not look like she had attire on, For service. And so you could try to fathom that people started to turn their attention. And they see these leaders who were full of pomp and pageantry. They loved the accolades of being recognized. They knew how to dress to the hill. They knew how to walk into a room and demand all the attention. And so these very sharp dressed men walk in and yet they're bringing with them this woman who was not in the right attire for service. And they bring her all the way to the front, and then they throw her at the feet of Jesus. Now, now that'll wake up an early morning service. That'll wake up a noonday service, I'm telling you. They take this woman, and then when they throw her to the front, They say, Jesus, you will not believe what we found this woman, the situation and the actions that she was doing. She was having an inappropriate relationship with somebody else. Now, uh, there's a lot of questions and speculation to this, but my first question would be well, you brought the woman, where's the other party? You know, there's some people that love to cap on one certain gender, but they give the other one the free pass. And they come in and they bring this woman. Look at the mistakes that she has made. Look at the actions that she has taken. Look at at how she is presented. Can you believe that she was in an adulterous relationship? See, now these men weren't coming with mercy They weren't coming to find a solution, but the exact opposite. They were trying to find a way to trap Jesus that no matter what he said, they were going to have a way to tear him down. Because if Jesus would have said, well, the woman was in an inappropriate relationship, judgment needs to take place. They would turn to the people and say, could you believe he's a judgment kind of God? How dare him try to take the place of the Savior and call judgment on this woman? But then if Jesus said, well, why don't we show mercy? They would have said, can you believe that the Savior is trying to show mercy to somebody who's living in sin? See, these Pharisees were just one group and a long list of group that had tried to mess Jesus up but were Unsuccessful. See, the Pharisees tried but could not trap him. Sadducees tried but could not outsmart him. Politicians tried but could not outwit him. Crowds tried but could not sway him. Pilate tried but could not judge him. The devil tried but could not destroy him. Death tried but could not kill him. The grave tried but could not hold him. You cannot stop him. They thought they had him. You ever find yourself in that catch-22 situation between a rock and a hard place? They got him now. No matter what he does, we've got him. And so they're standing there with their iPhones putting on live on Facebook and on YouTube. I can't wait to see what he does now. They had, their, they had the apps ready. We're about to tweet whatever he says. It's about to go viral. We're going to mess this dude up. And Jesus starts looking around at all the people, and he reaches down and begins to write. Now, some people, uh, I've always thought it like this, but the Bible really doesn't say it. I kind of always thought he wrote in the sand. But the Bible never says he wrote in the sand. It says he wrote in the dirt. Now, we got to take a moment here and understand that they weren't outside. Where were they at? They were in the synagogue. They were in the tabernacle. And who was in charge of the tabernacle were the Pharisees. They were to make sure that the tabernacle was clean and well kept. They were to make sure that it was a righteous place, a holy place, a godly place. But when Jesus started writing down, didn't really matter what he wrote. He was writing in the dirt. He was writing in their neglect. You trying to cast judgment on this woman and your tabernacle is not even clean. In other words, you're looking for the moat in somebody's eye. You can't see the beam that's in your own eye. Don't try to tear others down when you can't even build yourself up. Don't show others how awful they are. When I know how you are living, he starts riding in this dirt. And instantaneously and immediately, they recognize what he's doing. And they begin to walk away. They begin to walk out, beginning at the oldest. And as they begin to walk out, there is something that begins to happen. It's a moment that begins to take place that forever changes this woman's life. As she's standing there, her heart is racing. Her face is red. She is blessing and she is ashamed. Her mind is going a hundred miles an hour. She's full of anxiety and worry and stress. She's unsure and uncertain if her life is about to end or she is going to be spared. But when Jesus begins to write, it's a moment that mercy is going to meet truth. The truth says she should be judged. The truth said she should be penalized. But mercy is going to give her another chance. Mercy is going to give her another opportunity. And I can relate to that one because there's been times I've come into the sanctuary and the truth be told, there should have been judgment come on my life for the actions I've taken, for the times I've lost my cool, for the times I've said things that I really shouldn't have said. But instead of judgment and instead of me being sent down to a devil's hell, instead of me being cast out of the church, mercy came and gave me another day. Mercy came and gave me another chance. Mercy came and gave me another moment. There are moments in our lives that are life changing, life altering, and life defining. And often it takes place when we are least expecting it. See, we find just a few chapters earlier in John 4, Jesus had preached and he had performed miracle after miracle he had already blessed the water at the wedding and, and gave all the individuals drink and he had performed miracle and healing supernatural events and stories and, and as Jesus is walking even though he was a hundred percent God he was also one hundred percent man and his body began to get tired And so he looks, and not far off in the distance, there's a well of water. And so he walks towards this well, and he sits down. He looks up, and he sees this woman walking by with a water pot in her hand. And as she is walking with this water, he says, Woman, would you give me something to drink? Now, if you ever want to try that out, just try that out on your wife or your girlfriend. Woman, make me a sandwich. And I know the look that Jesus got was the look I would get if I would dare say something like that. doesn't have to have words. Do I know you? I can see it. Man, I can see it. She looks over and says, now you're not even from here. I can tell that right out the gate. You don't know me and I don't know you. And if I was you, I would just leave me alone because we don't have any kind of relationship and I'm not going to give you anything to drink. And Jesus said, but if you knew who it was that was asking, you would have asked me for a drink. And when I, I would have given you a drink of living water. This water, you're going to thirst again. But the water that I shall give you, you shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give you shall be in you a well springing up within your soul. You're looking for something that satisfies temporarily. I can give you something that satisfies for eternity. You're trying to find something that can make you feel good on a Friday night. But I can give you something that can make you feel good all week long. You're looking for something that can get you above your problems. I can give you something you can go through all your problems. You're trying to get something to get through the day. I can give you something to make the day go through you. So she stops for a minute and she starts listening. He said, oh, okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And he said, well, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Go call your husband. And when Jesus said that, she, she's perked up and said, oh, I knew you were a phony. I knew you were a wannabe. I should have just followed my instinct because I'm not married. I don't even have a husband. And Jesus said, well, that is true. You've had five husbands. You're living with a man now that's not your husband. Can you see her? Her head goes down. Her arm goes up. All right. Go ahead and tell me. Tell me that it's my fault. Tell me that it's my mistakes. Tell me that I've made shipwreck of my own life. Tell me what others have told me. I can't be in a successful relationship. Tell me what others told me. That I've gone through a divorce and I'm not worth it. Go ahead and tell me what others have told me. I can't do it. I can't live it. I can't be it. I don't know if I can ever get where I'm supposed to be. But she stood there waiting and waiting and waiting, but judgment never came. And about the time she lifted her head up and she took her hand down, she saw that Jesus was more interested in her future than he was her past. He was more interested in what she could become rather than what she had been. See, there's something we got to know about the Lord. He doesn't disqualify us because of our past mistakes. He doesn't disqualify you because of the shortcomings and faults and flaws and failures. But He sees what others cannot see. He sees potential and possibility and promise. you're looking for the man with the lightning bolt to strike, you're looking at the wrong man. She's waiting on this truth to come out. The truth is, she should be punished. The truth is, she should be disqualified. The truth is, she has failed over and over again. But this was the moment that mercy was about to meet truth. Yes, she had done all those things. But she began to ask, she said, Well, I've heard about the Jewish people. And I've heard that one day the Messiah would come. The Redeemer of mankind. Who would save all people from their sins there would be somebody that would come with all power in heaven and in earth. They said that one day this Christ would come, and He would be a caring Christ, a compassionate Christ, a considerate Christ. One day there would be a Christ that would come, and if you would know Him, you could experience Him. I just want to know, do you think that Christ will ever come? And Jesus paused for a moment. And he said, I that speak unto thee, am he. The one that you've heard about. The one that grandma talked to you about. The one that the prophets prophesied about. The one that the old timers dreamed about. That one is standing before you. And you can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. He has come for whosoever will. You can come and you can leave change. You can come and you can leave different. You can come and leave empowered and equipped and endowed and enlightened. You can come and you won't be the person you were before. And when this took place, the word of the Lord says she left her water pot behind. The whole reason she was at Jacob's well was to get water. But after she had an encounter with Christ, she left with a new mission and a new mandate, a new dream and a new vision. Today, maybe you have come with a different expectation. Maybe you walked into the doors of the church and you had no plan to come to an altar, no plan to be baptized, no plan to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But this is the moment that mercy is about to meet truth. This is the moment that we can understand, realize, and recognize that I'm not the person I thought I was. I don't have to go in the direction I've always been going. I don't have to live with the same feelings that have had me trapped. I don't have to be tied down and chained down with shackles. But I can be free. And if you know the truth, if you know the truth, the truth can make you free. The truth can bring you out of darkness and place you in His marvelous light. The truth can give you a new reason to live. if somebody could just lift your hands to the Lord for just a moment Woo! the music's getting ready to come I'm not going to be too much longer but I feel the presence of the Lord in this place this very moment I feel the touch of heaven in this room
1: oh hallelujah oh hallelujah
0: oh hallelujah was it long ago we were in a service and and the praise team had led us in worship and you could feel the hand of heaven coming down and preached a little sermon and gave an altar call and I noticed this man elderly man in the back he was feeling compelled you could tell that God was talking to his heart Finally, he just stayed in a seat. Stayed in a seat. Sometimes, when I give an altar call, I'll give it just a couple of moments, but every now and then I'll come back up and give another altar call. I felt so strongly to do that. Don't do it often, but I feel so strongly to do that. Came up to the front and gave the altar call again. If you, if you want to come, If you want to have something changed in your world and in your life, I invite you to come down and pray. But this time when I did it, I looked up and I saw the man, tears streaming down his face. He stepped out of where he was standing, walked down to the front. Come to find out afterwards, he said, you know, I've been running from God for 40 years. 40 years. He said, and I knew when I walked into the church, there would be no way God could forgive me. There would be no way God would love me enough to draw me again. He said, but when you were up, I could feel it. I felt that tug on my heart. I could feel the butterflies in my stomach. I could feel the hands begin to get clammy. I knew what was going on. It had been a long time, but I still remember what it feels like. God reaches for you. He said, and I just sat in my seat, and I thought, no, it's, it's not even worth it. He said, and I stayed there and had my phone in my pocket, and I was about to leave, and I watched. You came back up to the front. And you gave the altar call again. He said, I just said it in my own mind. I said, all right, I'll give him one more moment. He said, and as sure as I've ever said anything in my life, God spoke to me and said, I'm giving you one last moment for mercy. All right. All right. And He said, I stood there and I thought if God would have enough mercy... On every mistake that I've made. He said, I can't tell you all the things that I'm ashamed of. All my shortcomings. All my failures. But if God, I should not even be allowed to feel His presence. I should not even be allowed to come into the church. I should not be allowed to feel His love. But you know what was going on. That may have been the truth. But mercy came. And mercy met truth. And when mercy meets truth, it gives us opportunities that we don't deserve. And lives that are so blessed, we're not qualified to live. But when mercy meets truth. You can be discouraged, but when mercy meets truth you can be hurting but when mercy meets truth, you can be down but when mercy meets truth, you can be heavy but when mercy meets truth, you can be angry but when mercy meets truth, you can be bitter but when mercy meets truth, you can be so sad and discouraged but when mercy meets truth. God's love reaches for you one more time. I wonder today as every head is bowed, Never eyes closed as the music begins to play softly. Would you open your heart to the Lord for a moment? Let me pray for you this afternoon, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I know there are individuals in this place that they don't need judgment from anybody else. For their own mind judges them. God, I pray that in this place, from the front to the back and from the left to the right, there would be a sovereign supernatural spirit that would flow into this house. God, your love is merciful. You are rich in mercy. And you are amazing in grace. God, you look beyond all of the faults. You look beyond all of the sins. And you're willing to display your love in this place. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts. I'm asking that you would warm souls that have grown cold. God, soften hearts that have gotten so hard they can't be touched by You. Lord, I pray right now that somebody in this room can make a life-altering decision. God, I pray there would be somebody, whether it be a group or whether it just be a singular person. God, I pray that in this very moment, would You let mercy meet truth one more time And reach for somebody in this place. Do you feel what I feel? The Lord is here. Sir, ma'am, the Lord's reaching for you right now. Can't explain what you're feeling. It's the love of God that you're feeling. I don't think I can come. I don't think I can live it. I know I'm far from perfect. He doesn't look for perfect people. Because none of us are, would be perfect. None of us would make it. He's looking for willing people that would we'll say, I don't know why you love me. I don't know why you care. Don't know why you put up with me. Don't know why you keep reaching for me. Keep calling for me. But today, I'm going to give you a moment. Could you stand with me all across the house as heads bowed and eyes closed across the sanctuary? Is there somebody today? You would step out of where you're standing and say, "I'm going to give God a moment. I'm going to give him a moment where mercy can meet truth. Come on, friend of mine, would you step out of where you're standing? Is there anybody overwhelmed with gratitude that God found me and loved me? Anybody overwhelmed with appreciation, I'm thankful. He's never given up on me. He's never walked out of my life. He's never stabbed me in the back. Never broke my heart. Never walked out. Come on, come on, come on today. Come on. Sir, ma'am, the Lord is here right now. You feel it. His love many waters cannot quench. His love is pure and perfect. His love is rich and real. I need
2: your mercy. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your grace.
0: Somebody today, would you open your heart to the Lord? Come on, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? Let the Lord touch you in this room. Woo, I feel his presence. I feel his love in this place. Come on, reach up to him. He's here right now.
3: born again, I am cleansed, I am washed, I am sanctified, I am whole,
1: lift our hands across the room and just receive that mercy as it falls down on us right now. Oh, another chance, another opportunity. That's why every day, not just Sundays, but every day, His mercy is new every morning. You don't have to think, oh, if I can just make it to Sunday, I'll I'll get the... Honey, you wake up tomorrow and get the mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's new every morning. I can tell you this. You might think it's over. And there may be voices in your life that tell you it's over. But Jesus has the final say. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one writing your story. It was Jesus that died for you. It was He that shed His blood for you. It's, he's the one that purchased you. This world don't get to just write you off and, and convince you that it's finished. Honey, Jesus will have the last word. And honey, as long as He can do it, He's going to have mercy, mercy, mercy. I'm thankful for this time that I can receive mercy one more t- Just one more time. Oh, the truth is none of us ever had it together. But his mercy put it together. Hello. His mercy put it all together for us. Could you lift your hands around this room one more time? Let's come on. We don't want to we are not gonna rush this. Because you, you didn't just happen in this house today on accident. You didn't just come well, somebody invited me. You, you, maybe that's what you think, but God orders steps. And he knew what you needed to hear in this house today so you could go one more day. He knew what you needed to hear so you could make it to him one day and spend eternity with him. Come on, lift the voice of praise and prayer in this room right now. Appreciation for his mercy. Come on. Aren't you thankful God has not written you off? Aren't you thankful today that he didn't just cancel you out, throw you to the curb, say, that's it, I'm done with you but today you had another opportunity no matter what your mistake was on Friday or Saturday but today you could get it right one more time come on reach up to him one more time I'm sorry Lord thank you for mercy
0: he's here for you I'll wow.
2: be wow.
1: to just fill this house, but I want Him to fill this house. I I want Him to fill this place, but I want Him to fill this place. Because this place is filled. I know I can walk right, I can act right, I can do right. But oh, an absence of Jesus is an absence of truth. An absence of Jesus is an absence of mercy. I need Him. I need Him in, in my life. The Bible says the Lord created the earth to be inhabited. Well, he formed us from the dust of the earth. He planned on moving in. You need to let him give you this living water. I'm telling you, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, you need to. You need to receive his speaking in other tongues, just like the Bible says. You need to receive his spirit. Praise God. I'm thankful for his mercy today. Brother Doug, thank you for a great word of God today. Thank the Lord. Give the Lord a hand for that word today. And now, I want you to, the Bible says we give honor where it's due. Let's give a hand clap to Brother Doug and his family because we thank God for them. I'm so thankful that God put this family in our life. You know, we've got our church family that's here. But then we have church family that's not always here. They're, they're, that's That's them. You know, because God knows that our assembly here needs help. And so we schedule it. (laughs) And when he comes in, I I knew from the first time we had them come, I knew that for as long as the Lord will allow, they would be coming back. Because I knew that they had a connection with us and we had a connection with them. And that they would be an encouragement to us and speak words to help us keep doing what we're doing here. It's not just us, it's all these, these others. That's why I've told somebody one time, I can count on one hand the number of people that, that I have come preach here. I said, because God has let me know these are people that will come by and they're going to help you along the way. And this is definitely one of those families. I'm so glad that God put the Smiths in our life. Amen. Praise God. I'm so thankful for that. You know, the, the great thing, I, I got one more thing to say today. So if you'll just bear with me just a moment. Pastor in a church, you know, you watch every stage of people's lives. And uh about probably between 18, 19 years ago, I preached my first revival um at a little place called Mount Pleasant. And I met a lot of people there and I met some the Pledger family and I met one little pledger girl. She was just a little little girl back then, just a kid. And I'm talking about Sister Bailey. Yeah. But uh, when we started this church and they began to attend our church, I've been her pastor now for almost 15 years. And I've watched her grow up. And not just grow up to be just an exceptional young lady, but to be an exceptional young lady of God. I've watched her in every stage. I've seen her act like a fool. Just like I watched all you act like fools sometimes, I, I, I had to come see her a few times when she was in high school. She just—I had to get onto her for going to get a sweet tea one time. If you believe it, I'll hush. But I watched her go through things. I watched her grow, and then I. I so proud she went off to Bible college, and we missed her terribly. We were so glad when she came back, so glad. And now she is about to enter another area of life. She's going to move on. She'll be, uh, in November, she'll be getting married to a wonderful young man. Love her fiancé. Love him. He's a great guy, super guy. and just. But that means that she will be moving away. Yeah, no hand claps on that. But we knew, you know, that's what I was saying is you see people in every stage of their life. And so you watch. And for a pastor, as much as you would love to keep everybody just right here, I can't keep everybody. But you never lose your pastor. And uh, we love her. And I've watched her just grow in her anointing and then her gifting and Just seen her sing and worship and pray with people and do things and just become this incredible young woman. And I hope, and I'm sure he does, but I hope he realizes what a fine, great young lady he is getting. And just, uh, I, I hope they do tremendous things where they're going, where she's going to be at. And don't ever forget Restoration. And it ain't that far away that you can come home and, and bring your husband. <laughs> and I'll embarrass y'all both real good the first time y'all come back. So, But today is her last Sunday service. And so she'll be getting ready to move up so she can get things ready for uh, her her life there. So it's going to be strange without... Sister BP <laughs> uh, in our house. And so uh, we will miss you tremendously. But so proud of you. And so thankful for the Lord letting me watch you grow up and just become who you have become. I have a uh, great honor being your pastor. I've never been ashamed of being your pastor. I didn't mind telling nobody you was mine, you was one of mine. So today we wanted to just give her a little something. Come, you'll have to come up on the platform now for this, so everybody can see you. We just got a little, a very, just a token of affection from us, from the church, from your pastor and his family, and we love you, and this church loves you, and we're all praying and believing just great things for you. Oh, we're gonna miss you.
3: Thank you. Um, I, too, pastor, count it as the greatest honor to say that this is where I got to grow up, and these are the people that helped raise me. And I know that if it wasn't for this place and these people, that I would not be prepared to enter this next stage in my life. And there is no place like Rack. (laughs) We always say once you go Rack, you never go back. And I don't know how to leave. But I know that if I can take even just a little bit of the love and the unity that I have learned here, then I will be doing okay. And I love y'all very much, and I'm thankful for each and every one of y'all, especially my pastor and his family. They have had a great role in my life for my whole life. So I love you all. (laughs) Let's
1: just give her a hand today. Give the Lord a hand. Nobody else marries out of state. That's it. Though <laughs> so we realize, we understand. But today's a, today's a great day, and we are excited. Looking forward to that wedding. It's going to be beautiful. What a great presence of the Lord when you feel His love, His mercy, His truth. All those things just come crashing together. You know, it's a, it's a special feeling. I thank God for every one of you I do And I thank God For our wonderful evangelist family That was with us today And we're just going to carry this message for a while Love one another Be good to one another The end of all things is at hand This is is where we, we have to love Fervently Stick together Be there for one another we can't afford to lose nobody. Amen. Amen. All right. Tomorrow night at seven o'clock we're gonna come worship the Lord. We're gonna pray. We may baptize somebody. If you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, we'll be I can do that now if you're ready. But if you wanna think about it, you wanna be here tomorrow night, come on, let's get baptized tomorrow night. It'll be a tremendous prayer meeting. So invite somebody to prayer with you. Let's see what God'll do. Amen. God bless you today. Have a great day. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. We love you.